<laughs> Welcome everyone to the Feel Inspired Podcast. My name is Amit Soda. Uh, and oh my God, you guys are just in for such a great treat because not only have I had three amazing guests already uh, in the last three weeks, but I've got a fourth here today. And uh, I'm so looking forward to getting to know her. As always, I have, n- I don't know anything about Chantal, uh, but this is the whole point of the podcast to get to know her. Uh, what her life philosophy when it comes to dating, love, relationships is all about. Uh, and uh, and we're just going to go, you know, see where this conversation goes, which I absolutely love. But for anyone listening to this for the first time, like I said, my name is Amit Soda. I'm an expert dating coach. I'm a national radio presenter. Uh, and I've been doing this work for a very, very long time. And I'm hoping in some way I can inspire some change in you or you get some new ideas in you from listening to this that helps you on your journey and you absolutely thrive and meet amazing people and who knows meet you know that real special someone so without further ado welcome Chantal and I, I hope I'm saying your last name right is it Landreville? Landreville, yeah. Landreville. Oh, is it French? Oui oui. Oui oui most people ruin that name Landreville or Lander or <laughs> Oh wow well, well I'm just going to applaud myself there for a second as well yes. but welcome <laughs> Welcome to the Feel Inspired podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about how to actually be in a relationship, how to be successful in a relationship, and so much more and wherever this conversation takes us. So I'm looking forward to this. So uh, I'd love to know some of your story, your backstory, how you got into this line of work. Um, was there any particular event or set of events that led you up till this point? Uh, what did you learn on that journey? And, you know, what are you doing right now that is you know, in the dating relationship space to help people, you're doing workshops. What do, what do you do as well? So I'd love to know a little bit more about you and how you got to this point. So whenever you're ready, take it away. <laughs> do we have enough for an hour? <laughs> um, yes, just to anyone watching, this could be a very long podcast because you've got two talkers here. So <laughs> Definitely. Well, first off, thank you for having me. I'm excited. And I know the last three guests that you've had and listened in on the conversation and got such great insights and nuggets. And, you know, I think that the one great thing that COVID brought for myself was this whole community of Clubhouse. And that's mm. how we kind of connected, right? God bless social media, yeah. even though I have like serious uh, issues of love-hate relationships with it, but it's been great. So I'm so happy to finally connect with you. So thank you. So <laughs> <laughs> And see each other face-to-face, am... right? Because you get to know the voice, but we just don't see each other on Clubhouse. Exactly. It's so it's so funny. We did a, uh, we did a, um, a quick, uh, a lot of the regular guests that I do in one of my rooms, we did a, a live Zoom call, all of us. And it was so funny to actually see our faces. It was nice. So, I mean, nothing, there's nothing better than face-to-face, right? This seems oh, yeah. to be the, the way to go for the moment. So, Absolutely. anyway, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> so I am a love coach, but I actually prefer saying I am a teacher that coaches all things about love. And I created and founded Raise Your Love Signal last year um, because I have actually been in the wine business for over 15 years and then uh, traveling the world. I I do all the export sales for a company out of California. COVID happened and I was on a plane every other week and all of a sudden I'm like home all the time and having all this free time. Wow, what a change. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, big change. Oh my God, you have no idea. <laughs> Especially being in Toronto. That was a change to actually, you know, sit and be in my city that I've been living in for eight years. Um, 
I always had an extreme passion and interest about love, dating and relationships. And uh, through my own experience, I was a single girl for almost 20 years, consistently failing and not able to attract emotional available men to me. And I couldn't understand why. And I would consistently get the talk when people would meet me. How come you're single? I don't understand. You're so this, you're so that, you're outgoing, you're smart, you do well. Like, And I was like, I don't get it either. <laughs> and to a point that, you know, I actually went into serious self-doubt and questioned my worth and just went into a black hole of like, I must not be worthy of love. However, the good news is that through all of that time, I was always very, very curious and interested in self-development. So I would say I kind of became less this personal development junkie. <laughs> As we all do. As we all do, yeah. <laughs> and I still am. I'm not going to lie. At one point, however, I came to say, okay, Chantal, enough with the books, the conferences and everything. You need to actually put the work into the work. Like you need to actually do what what you read what you learn and all of that stuff which i did i, me, I heard a great quote today by the way i don't want to interrupt you but i just heard it, it's uh, i don't know if you know jim quick uh but i love yes. one, of, one of the things seeing one of the things he says is common sense isn't always common practice and it's so true we all know these things but who actually applies them exactly i agree with you 100 percent. Mm. and i think that you know sometimes when we learn things it's not you don't always understand it on the spot, but it's a, a seed that's planted. And when you're ready to kind of download it or really put it into action, I believe that, you know, once you have, you've learned that information, you're like, oh, okay, this is the time to actually integrate this. Or now I understand what the hell we were talking about when I heard this. Um, so when um, I moved to Toronto, I took my coaching practice because it's, I knew it was something I wanted to kind of help other people. As I said, I was a single girl. I didn't own anything. I didn't have kids. I just felt a sense to kind of give back to community. But because I, I had been very lucky through all my journey of having the people that came in, I called them my angels, my guides that kind of like, read this, do this, introduce this, you know, maybe you should look into that. So I was like, you know what, I have a lot of knowledge all about this stuff. And I want to help people. And the question it came to my head was like, what is love anyways? You know, what is love? And can, I consider myself a very in-depth, you know, introspective person. And I couldn't really answer that question myself. And I was like, if I can't, what does the average person really know about love? And then I realized we were never taught anything about love. We don't know how to receive it, how to give it, how to... And there's so many layers about love as well. And then I came to also realize I'm like, all right, we haven't even been taught how to be in actual relationships. So how are we supposed to succeed through that? So fast forward <laughs> to COVID <laughs> and I finally did meet the man of my dreams after doing all the work. And the one thing that stuck with me, and I guess this is why it triggered creating raise your love signal was I found a really great man that accepted me for me and all of me. And I, I like to consider myself in a healthy relationship, but I realized relationships are a lot of work. They're not easy. And we often take the person that's closest to us for granted. So 
thankfully, everything that I've learned over the last 20 years, I've been able to apply it. So I love to say I'm a student of my own teachings. So the program that I've built is literally, I call it the MBA of love. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's a lot of a little things to get you through all the letters of the alphabet. It's not just the ABCs, right? So I talk a lot about how to learn to attract the right partner, which is often what people tend to focus on it's like okay i want this i want that i want i want i want i want very self-absorbed absorb but we don't take the time to think what kind of relationship do i want to grow and evolve in how do i see myself growing with this person in five and ten and fifteen or twenty years how do i want to kind of like raise my kids what are our system values so i really help people build their long-term vision and then i do a little bit of a chapter all about self love and worth which i learned the hard way because even though i was desperate and wanted to you know be in a relationship so bad my heart was completely blocked off it was like covered with this like brick wall <laughs> and then just completely insecure i didn't believe in my worth so i i worked through that and you know you had uh, flora which we, you guys talked about the attachment styles it's really understanding the root of where you're from because what we don't, we're not taught as well is that at the end of the day, how we show up in love and relationship is what we've seen as kids growing up. And I didn't end up knowing or understanding that until the age of 39 years old. So I'm like, I want to help people understand that at a younger age. And then I do all the, I call that the ABCs of dating because I do believe there's steps. We tend to skip and want everything to move so quick. So we kind of like miss steps to building a relationship and then the actual uh one of my favorite parts is to teach people on how to be successful in their relationship it's all great now you've attracted your partner but how can we make sure that you actually stay successful in that long-term committed relationship so i love to say i'm a student of my own teachings every single day i put into practice what i teach and it's not always easy amen i have to tell you i eat a lot of my own humble pie <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so that's 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 how I, I came to that. And basically my, my long-term vision even is to eventually create a curriculum that would be taught to kids in school as young as 10 about the love social skills, you know. And when I talk about that, I talk about communication. I talk about emotional intelligence. I talk about even sexuality where it's not coming from like a penis and vagina perspective. It's more about really being aware and knowing your body and building your confidence and understanding, you know, because we were so shamed and, you know, I don't know what was, I'm kind of like devi deviating here. <laughs> deviate, deviate as much as you want. No, this is, this is great. But you think about, you know, you think about how we were raised uh, with sex education. I don't know what was yours, but mine was like, don't get pregnant, don't get STDs. And, you know, it's like nothing else. Mine was, so, there is no such thing as sex. Just, <laughs> and we do not talk about desire it. it you know? it's, like, like, it's like Fight so, Club. Yeah. First rule is don't talk about don't talk about it. Full stop. So that was that was my experience. Yeah, and then you know you grow up as a young teenager, and you know your hormones are kicking in, and you're just told like you don't know what to do, and you know, I'm you become uncomfortable in your body, and then you know for myself, I was in a long term committed relationship very young, from the age of like nineteen to twenty six. And I didn't really get to understand and be in my body and take ownership of who I was 
in my body and in my personality until my early 30s. So I would love to eventually teach that um, to kids. And when you think, especially after COVID, you know, they're so just on their games and so unsocial, the lack of communication and being able to express their emotions is going to be, you know, dangerous as they move into adulthood because if you can't communicate and share your feelings, where are you going to go? How are you going to succeed in a relationship? And you're married. How long have you been married, Amos? We've been married for four years. We've been together six years and just over four years we've been married now. So, um, so uh, an eternity. No, no, <laughs> obviously we're still quite, you know, newly, newlyweds as such. But, um, mm-hmm. um, but, but it's interesting that you talk about this, this whole approaching it from a young age. Because this is one of the first things I talk about when I do my dating programs. I say to people, what is a tragedy? is that this is not taught in schools what i'm telling you here is not taught in schools because i wasn't taught i wasn't taught by my family by friends it was only when i just had the desire to learn i went and did it myself and i want to share that with people but no one taught me and no one teaches us in general and i i find that a, a literally a greek tragedy you know it's just a recipe for disaster and this is what's happening right now with uh, you know things were tough enough before but now bring in dating apps and all the shit that goes along with it oh my god it's like you know no wonder people are a little bit like so disillusioned when it comes to dating and man or woman bashing each other on social media and saying you know it should be this way it should be that way uh and it's just no surprise to me at all yeah i totally agree and it's like Every single human being, as different as we are, whether your background, your religion, you you know, whatever, we all need and have a desire for the same. And it's to be loved, acknowledged, and, you know, um, uh, I want to say appreciated, but um, I guess acknowledged could fit into it. So how is it (laughs) something that's so important, that's so part of it? And when you think about, you know, Uh, talking about belonging and community I mean that's all love and that's why I always say love have different layers it's not just about relationship with another it's about relationship with your kids it's about relationship with your co-workers it's about relationship with your family and you in the relationship and the tendency that I've seen and I've realized myself harsh hardly (laughs) was we always make it about us our needs, my wants, my desires. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you, this is the way I want it. This is the way I need it. Where when you really think about it, a relationship is literally two people coming together. And I loved your post the other day. You said it best. It's like not showing up 50, 50, it's a hundred percent. And I I say, how do you show up for the relationship? I always Mm -hmm. say, you know, there's two people in a relationship plus the relationship, it's a threesome. Yeah. And I, I consider the relationship being a an, an entity of its own. So it's how two people take care of one another 100% as you stated on each other. Because sometimes it's always about me, 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 me. And just thinking about your own needs versus not thinking about how do I need to show up for the relationship right now? You know, I was giving the example yesterday um, to a client of mine that uh, uh, my boyfriend came for dinner. I was telling you before we started the the, the show that I did a nine-day cleanse. <laughs> so 
So the first night that we can actually reintegrate food, I'm like dying and I'm so excited about having uh, fish, you know, I was like, so not only does my boyfriend is taking care of the dinner that night, but he arrives late. I am like famished. I get very aggressive when I'm hangry. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And, um, you know, he, so I get triggered and I get really mad because I'm like, honestly, like he knows, he knows. And I actually stopped myself. I was like, who or how will it benefit our evening and the relationship tonight if I stay pissed off? What? It's Who's going to benefit? Nobody. My ego? Well, we both know that an ego has no place in a relationship, in any form of relationship. So I actually took a deep breath. And, you know, Jeff was like, are you mad at me? And I was like, yes, but I'm, re- I'm working really hard right now not to be a bitch. So give me five minutes. <laughs> But it's great because we're able to kind of like bounce that back and be the bigger person instead of staying stuck in that rut. I'm like, I didn't get what I wanted, how I wanted, when I wanted it. So it's a it's a super small example, but you will know this in a marriage. I mean, what kills marriages in long term committed relationship is the everyday routine, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like so. I always say having the awareness of being able to pay attention when you get triggered by any shape or form and ask yourself the question, why? What is it really about? Is it really about what's happening in front of me? Is it really about what my partner's doing? Or is it, you know, I am not being of being serviced the way I want, how I want, and it's like something else is coming up or you're projecting kind of thing. Or you're just having a bad day and it's just it's just come out in that form, right? Could be anything. By the way, how did you how did you and your partner meet? So obviously you said you met after lockdown, right? So what 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 were you going through? Were you going were you on dating apps? How did you meet? And how did it then come to be what it is today? Like how did you connect and uh, grow that connection? Good question. We actually met online, Amit. Yay! <laughs> and like every other woman that you, I'm sure you hear it, I hear it all the time. I hate online dating. It sucks. It's this, it's that. And uh, it was actually, uh, I hadn't been on online dating for quite a while. And it's one of the many people that I work with for, for, for different forms of healing that had told me about hinge and saying you know it's a it's a great new app there's really great quality of men on there you should try it and she had actually pushed me we had had just this conversation that we tend to always go for what we think we want right because i always say there's a difference between what you want what you attract and what's right for you (laughs) and of course i was always attracted you know, same kind of rugged look, bad boy, type A personality, and it didn't work for me. So she actually took the time to say, and I'll always remember, she's like, you should almost look at someone that's a little bit more feminine in their in their look, not being feminine, but just like something different. Be open to exploring something different. And I was like, okay. And you know what? I was on Hinge for literally 10 days. And he was the only guy that I sent a message to, and he was an older man, which I've always wanted to date older men, but I find I didn't attract them, or I never allowed myself to kind of go that route. And uh, it took him two weeks to answer me. (laughs) (laughs) Because he was busy with work. And, you know, I say this to women all the time. It's not because somebody 
answer is not at your beck and call. You know, people have lives and they don't just make this a priority 24 seven. Mm -hmm. So allow the universe to kind of do its work. So when he reached out to me, we were both, uh, the, 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 the similar thread was that we were both originally from Montreal. And I was like, isn't it funny how Montrealers always end up finding each other. And that was it. It was the only conversation we, we had, we went on a date. And from that moment on that man just like stepped up to the plate and never let me go. So it was, you know, I always say sometimes it only takes one. And it's often timing. It really, really is timing. So that's how we met. Nice. So you went back onto online dating and then in a very short space of time, you found, uh, and that was of course, after you'd already kind of been doing the work on yourself as well. Isn't, isn't that uncanny? Isn't that convenient? Oh yeah. And I would say, you know, I met, um, I think this is, we've been together now for almost three years, two years prior, um, I had, because I've always wanted to move to Europe, and I had decided that year that I would go to Europe and meet the man of my dreams. I was, like, so determined, like, you've never seen a girl, you know. It's like, okay, I'm getting it done, and I did. And I met I met someone that I, you know, thought was my one, and it didn't work out in a, a very short period of time. Things like, that's we could have a, an hour just on the story of what happened on that. It's like a movie. But what I came to understand was as much as I thought I was ready and I had done the work, there was a few lessons left to learn. And one of them was I got caught in the fantasy of being in love and the relationship. It wasn't for the right reasons. There were a lot of red flags that came up that I was ignoring, that I was ignoring because I got caught up in the fantasy. This is amazing. This person lives, you know, uh, in Portugal and he's like a winemaker. It was just like this beautiful fairy tale thing, but it wasn't for the right reasons. And I would say that that really opened a different channel for me to kind of like, Oh, okay. Like a relationship is not a Disney, a Disney, uh, a fairy tale here. You know, it's two people coming together that share the common values, um, share, um, great communication and honor, respect, accept each other for who they are. <clears throat> um, in our case, you know, there was a bit of a, a culture difference as well that was like bumping heads. And sometimes people don't think about that and it, it sucks, but it's, it's there and it's something that needs to be uh, addressed from the beginning. So, um, yeah, I would say, and, and uh, the last piece of the puzzle that happened after and I'll always remember this. I'm going to take the time to to say the story just because of all, if women are listening, they sometimes, I know how it is to feel discouraged and you're like, it's never going to happen. So after that time, you know, my heart is broken. I'm devastated. Like all, everything is like completely shattered for me. I'm like, you know, love is probably just not for me. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I'm 44 years old at this point And I'm like, I guess the universe is just not going to bring it to me. And uh, I remember going to a party that a friend had invited me to because they were like, uh, you know, we need to get you out of the dumpster here, like enough Chantal pouting and feeling sorry for yourself. So, and I was like, okay, fine, I'm going to go and I'm going to talk to anybody and everybody, anybody that has something great to say, a great conversation. And uh, I, I, I would, I would judge not being attracted to certain kinds of people because I thought that I wasn't attracted to them. And that night it ended up being those three people, the people that I thought I wasn't attracted to. And I ended up having a great affair with a man 
that gave me the last piece of the puzzle, which was making me understand my self-worth. So I always say, you know, everything is about attitude and perspective. You can feel sorry for yourself. And sometimes you need to do that. But I chose to, I remember when I met him, I was like, why am I still attracting another emotional, unavailable man? And it was the lesson. He gave me the last piece of the puzzle that I needed. So I decided to use it as a, as a plus versus as a, as a me again. It's not for me. Again, I'm, not, I'm failing. Again, I was like, oh, that's the last missing piece. I needed to understand my worth to attract the high-level quality man that I actually wanted because I had done all the work of my vision and how I wanted to be in the, what kind of relationship I wanted to be in. But I was doubtful that I could actually attract it. I wouldn't feel worthy. So that's a problem, right? We always say when you want to manifest and attract something, you have to not only know it in your head, but you have to feel it in your heart. So my heart wasn't ready to receive it. So, and then four months later, I met Jeff. So, and I told him, I said, it's funny because I would have met you six months prior. It would have never worked out. I would have mm -hmm. never been able to receive such a giving and honorable man. So. And that's an important point as well, because like like you said, you could have met him six months prior, but because of your headspace and where you were at, it could have easily have been someone you would have flicked by and nothing could have happened as well. And I think that not enough people get that and understand that actually the, you know, from another philosophy, another teaching, you know, that said that, um, you know, you could, your soulmate could be in your life right now, but if you're not in the right headspace, you won't, you just won't see them. No matter what Absolutely. you do, if you're not in the right frame of mind or frame of heart uh, or soul space, then you just won't see them. You won't be able to appreciate that they're there right now and they've been there all along. Uh, and I think that's so, so true. Right. You know, it's an important thing that I think that I, I was I, I was having a conversation just before we spoke, actually, with uh, won't divulge any details. Obviously, it was all conf confidential about who they were, but it was just interesting that they were in this space where a relationship or you know someone they came across in their 20s mm -hmm. the conversation was that um you know and initially it's the the interaction seemed to be going well and then the feedback came that mm, you know what you're kind of not my type and then later on this individual found out that is because you know they're apparently fat that's genuinely the reason why um mm -hmm. that was 17 years ago and the same pattern is still happening today Wow. Uh, and, you know, and, you know, when I have these conversations, like we, you know, I, I didn't even pay, I didn't even charge for this conversation, but we spoke for an hour uh, and I helped this individual kind of see the light a little bit. Yeah. But it's so funny that, you know, because this person is in that headspace from 17 years ago and it hasn't changed. That's why all the way along, the same things are happening. The same, exactly. the same soul is appearing in different bodies is what's happening. And yeah. only when we start to realize who we are, are we going to attract someone completely different? You know, I, I said, I gave her the example. I said, pre-2008, I was attracting, you know, I, I don't want to say nut jobs. <laughs> bit, <laughs> bit, bit unkind. There. Yeah. <laughs> But no, it, it actually was more people who just didn't appreciate me. And I was one of these hopeless romantics and I'd just tell women how I felt about them. Oh, I'm in love with you and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, the, the fantasized romanticisms and, um, and the same outcome would happen every time. And it was only when I started to see my self-worth, when I looked in the mirror and I saw, 
you know, a combination of Brad Pitt, you know, and, you know, Bradley Cooper all rolled into one uh, with the soul of the Dalai Lama. But that's what I saw. And, I love it. Yeah, and, and that's what I saw. And then suddenly everything started to change. And then women would come out of the woodwork saying, oh, you know, it, it would just totally flip on its head. The ones that I thought were out of my league were suddenly coming to me and interested in me. Uh, yeah. And, but again, it's just a reflection of, you know, the self-worth, as you mentioned it. That's the term you used. That when you flip your self-worth, that's when everything begins to change. And, you yes. know, the people will start to see that. They'll see your energy. You know, it just it speaks way more than your words do. Absolutely. And I always say, why wouldn't you want to be seen and be accepted for who you are? Why would you want to be in any relationship with someone that, you know, doesn't see the real you or that you have to play a show or keep up with something? Why? You want to be loved for all of who you are. Like, that's already like everything else is so much work. Why would you want to top that off with like not being you, right? So I agree. It's, uh, and that's why I always say stand in your power first, you know, really assume and accept who you are and you will change what kind of people you attract. You said it, you know, yourself, it's just things will change when you do the work. And I always say this, my roommate back in the days used to always say that, you know, when something's not working, and you've been playing the same record right back in our days, you know, it was the <laughs> player you would listen over and over and over. It's like the record at one time jumps and doesn't work and it's like, change the damn record. Try something completely new, completely new. Get out of your comfort zone. You know, if you're not usually, you don't like to date, uh, you know, short ball guys, you're always wanting to attract like the tall six foot four blue eyed guys. Why don't you try, you know, it's all about personality. And always trying to think outside of the superficial because that's not what keeps a relationship or a marriage together. It's not. That's very short term last. Mm. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's true. I remember a, a while back, this is a number of years ago, a friend of mine saying, Oh, I've got this date with this really hot looking guy. And she sends me a picture. And I said to her, I said, You're going to be bored out of your way. You're going to message me in a couple of hours saying you're bored. Uh, and lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. And I said, look, I'm sorry, I've seen this too many times. I know I could just read, I could read it a mile off. I'm sorry, but, but that was the truth. No one, look, it doesn't matter how good looking someone is as well. If they're boring as fuck, they're going to be boring and you're not going to want to see them anymore, which is the, it's just the bottom line truth. 100%. So, uh, and, you know, there was an ideal that sometimes people have, you know, I was talking to someone else, I met up with a friend today and we were just talking about this as well. And I was saying that, I came across someone and I said, you know, like, tell me a little bit about what's your type. And he he happened to mention uh, the actress Gal Gadot. And I said, OK, on screen, she is phenomenally beautiful. But have you ever seen her without makeup? Like, have you ever seen her just in a normal day to day? Because yeah. to me, to me, I mean, you know, I don't want to obviously judge on looks, but like just generally, if I was if I passed her on the street, I'd give her one glance, but I wouldn't look back again. She looks yeah. just like a normal woman to me. So yeah. you've idealized what you think she is. But that's not really yes. her at all. Uh, and that's what happens to so many people. They have this ideal, but there's going to be very few people out there who are ever going to be able to live up to that. But you've got to yeah. step out of what you would normally do. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why it's important, you know, for anybody that's um, men and women, I, I do that exercise of really getting clear on the vision of the relationship, not on what they want. And, you know, there's a big difference between wants and needs. And I'm a big believer that the success of a relationship is how you take care of each other's needs. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I'm sure you you read the book Five Languages of Love, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I I always say it's, that too should be taught in school. Like it's just because it's not just about relationship. This is like learning a language that we tend to give the way we want to receive, but the person in front of you doesn't want to receive the way you give, right? It's so if you can understand the philosophy of that, you can actually get really smart, you know, with your family, with your kids, with the, your coworkers. So it's really understanding, okay, I want this, but the other person in front of me doesn't want it that way, or I, I can't, you know, the way I want to receive it is probably not theirs. So it's learning to honor and respect each other's needs and wants and desires and stepping up to their plate the way they need it and vice versa. It obviously needs to be a, a reciprocal thing, but I, I would say this is the problem that they just focus on themselves and what their desires are. And that's why I like, what, how do you see yourself growing and evolving in a relationship? You know, how do you, what, what happens if you guys, you know, somebody loses their job and financially you don't know how to, you know, you're strapped. How do you see yourself experiencing that? How do you want your partner to show up for you? You're having kids, you know, what are the values that you, I've heard so many friends of mine that are in marriages and have kids and it goes to the shit because they never had the conversation of their, their vision of how they wanted to raise their kids and the values and the religion they wanted to kind of like incorporate and all of that stuff and causes conflict and then resentment and anger. And so I always say, take it a notch deeper. Don't figure about what you want. It's okay. That's fine. I always say that's a separate list, you know, do it, but think about how you want to be taken care of and what's the feeling you want to develop in a long-term committed relationship yeah absolutely and uh, you you mentioned something very uh, really uh, i think we need to emphasize what you've just said that because a lot of people i I hear they say this as well they they clarify what they want in the person but not what the what they want in the relationship and that is such an important distinction as well can i ask you something as well so you mentioned earlier calling back to something you said earlier which was about ignoring red flags and this is again something i come across so often so what are the some of the things that you came across where later on you look back and you think i totally you know shit the bed on that one ignored those red flags and um you you knew they were there in the back of your head you knew they were there but you didn't do anything about them so what were some of those and why do you think that happens and what do you do what would you what did you do about it moving forward so in, you know, the last case, the, the relationship that I had that I thought was like the guy, um, it was very interesting because I, we were, we met very in a casual setting and I had no interest. And I remember, you know, having these exchanges as, as a friend, like we were amongst a group and just having a discussion. And at that point too, I was still already, I hadn't put the program together, but I was always interested. So I, I, I'm a, I love asking questions and I go deep to the source because I pick up on stuff so quickly. I can read in between the lines. So he gives me his pedigree of like, you know, been divorced, has two kids, two different wives. And (laughs) I'm just like, okay, okay. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, that's not what I want in my life right now, especially not young kids like that. But kind of like still going through the conversation because I think there's nothing that's going to actually happen. And as, as we started as he started courting me, which took me off guard, I thought it was just going to be like something very sh- short-lived. I was like, okay, this guy is having an interest in me. He's asking me questions. He's interested. 
but I was starting to understand there was this underlining jealousy and insecurity. Um, and I'm a, I'm a freedom person. Like I'm, nobody can tie me up. Like I, I love my freedom and my relationship. It's very important. He lets me do what I want, what I want. So I could feel already that that could be an issue, but I was like, of course, Chantal, not, you're just making it, you know, uh, no, we convince ourselves, mm. we convince ourselves so much because, and I, I look back because I wanted this to work so much. And, you know, I had been single for such a long time. I mean, I was desperate for love. And I'm like, oh my God, I manifested this, like this guy, you know, I manifest, I wanted to meet somebody in Europe. I want, so I, as I said earlier, I got caught up in the story and chose to ignore all the red signs, the red flags. I mean, so jealousy, um, you know, just the value system wasn't uh, the same either. I I went through this convincing myself that I would change him and things would change. And we would do a really great job, especially as women. We're really good at thinking we're going to change the men. <laughs> really good. So I came to understand, and this is how I even put it in my um, my own relationship today. So that's why I talk about taking your time dating observing observe instead of like this is a really good way to see how the person really shows up because we don't know somebody in three months and four months and six months it's like you don't even need know really somebody after a year so it's really important to take the time to observe when you're dating how things are going what's the conversation being said and not convince yourself you're going to change someone that's why i always say stay true to who you are but the other person in front of you, you need to be acceptant of who they are as well. So in my own personal relationships now, and whenever I get, because this happens to me even still, I can easily want to change uh, my partner when he's not doing things the way I want him to. Or even this morning we had a, a tiff because I was like, he he's sometimes when he overworks so much and he forgets to eat and it's not good for him. And I'm like losing my shit. I'm like, you complain all the time. <laughs> and then I realized, oh my God, I'm trying to, I'm trying to change him. I'm, he's not that person. What do you want me to do? And I would say that's the biggest thing I admit that I do now is always put myself. I have the awareness of stopping myself, especially when I get triggered and ask myself the question, why? Why am I being triggered? What's happening? Am I trying, am I these past behaviors? Because I, I say this, as well, you know, we're so deeply rooted. Our programs are so rooted, you know, in my case, I was, I'm such a control freak that sometimes I want everything to go my way or it's the highway, but it doesn't work as you know. Mm. So I have enough awareness. So that program will never go away. I've learned to navigate with it and have it under control. And now I can actually catch myself when it's, when it's, when it's trying to come out and Chantal is being like the, you know, trying to change me. And we've even figured out a, a code word that will stay when he feels that I'm like being triggered like that, that he's being, that this is coming up. And I'm like, oh, okay. So again, I would say red flags and the way I've like learned to, because red flags are not always for the other person. They're also our own red flags. <laughs> it's just the awareness, the observation, and question it always, always question it. 
always question it because there's always the why behind the want, right? So I always, that's often a really great way to get to the root and the real, real reason why you want the want. Does that answer your question? It does, yeah. And it, <clears throat> that's the hard bit, isn't it? It's having the wherewithal to pause in that moment and ask ourselves that question. That's always the tricky bit, isn't it? Like, you know, just, yeah. you know, I get pissed off when someone cuts me up when I'm driving. And in that moment, I'll be honest, I don't have the wherewithal to question why I'm getting pissed off, but it does happen. It's just one of those things, right? Yeah. Um, but then again, you know, that's not really an important situation, but you know, where it counts that that's the, that's the key thing, right? Especially in our relationships. Cause sometimes we can end up, you know, hurting the other person a lot by wanting them to be a certain way or do a certain thing. And it's, um, when you, when you ask that, ask yourself that question, what was the why? For which question? So when you're asking about him always working, for example, and you're telling him like, you're, you know, you're working too hard. You've got to look after yourself. Like what was the, what was the why for you there? Was it, was um, it more about you or was it about him? It was about, he's had some health issues, so I just worried. And I'm like, I've become into this phase where my fear gets triggered of him becoming sick. Okay. It's like, so that's the bigger picture thing. So it's, but that that's a fear that belongs to me, mm. you know? So it's something that I need to kind of work on. And I realized that today I was like, why, what, what's, what's, what's happening? What's the fear factor here? Um, and you know, he's a little older than I am <laughs> to be honest. So, so maybe what, 22, that, 23? That, <laughs> you're so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I did give away a bit of my age earlier in the thing, but <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, humility goes a long way. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I always say there's some key pillars to succeed in a relationship communication is obviously being one of them respect another but humility um of always being able to not wanting to be right and admit when you're wrong and i guess it's, it, it's hands in hand with the ego and it's like you know what that's that's not i'm not in a relationship to to have this it's not it's not worth it it's so not worth it so uh it's a great thing to have but it's it has to come from both parties absolutely yeah so tell us a little bit about your program by the way what you what you teach and kind of how you start with people because i think um because everyone has a preconception about dating and relationships and you know how to succeed how to make them work in fact let's face it everyone is a dating or a relationship expert right everyone is yeah. um but obviously well, what is the truth uh and what are the key important things that everyone needs to know? Like, you know, you know, what is, like, what is some of the things that you, you would, you know, even with your own children, educate them from a young age so they understand about dating and relationships from, from the get go. So they don't have some of the pain that, you know, we've experienced. Or... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, first off, it's, if I was going to teach kids, it's their self-worth and self-love. It's so interesting. You know, anyone I worked with and even friends and we all suffer from a worth issue in some shape or form. There's like all of us. It's crazy. And I'm like, where is that coming from? Cause that's like really interesting that every single person I've ever had a conversation with and come to realize like we all, we all have this 
self-worth issue. So I think that starts from a very, very young age. And I would like make them really, really understand who they are and assume and own, own who you are. You are unique and it's okay to be different. It's okay to, you want to be loved and accepted for who you are. That's, that's, that would be step number one, because that will help you <laughs> go through the trials of tribulations of trying to convince yourself that, you know, you either, because people, when they start dating, they either accommodate, you know, to, to please, or they pretend being somebody they're not because, you know, they want to be accepted. And both of them are not, are not great. That's not, that's not a healthy, loving relationship. So, that's why I call my program the MBA of love because a lot of the experts that I've met and that I, you know, your dating coaches, I think that we need, I, I cover a lot of a little, but then I, I, depending on where you are on your journey, this is why I'll introduce you to all these tools. And it's literally the toolbox that I've learned around like the last 20 years. <laughs> when I think about, you know, all the money I spent and like, conferences and <laughs> books and experiences i'm like oh my god let me save you some time here because i know exactly when you'll tell me what's happening in your life i, I can see exactly what you need and where you need to go and then i love to be able to connect them with the experts that you know uh so when you're into dating and you want to take it a notch further, you know, I want to introduce them to people or if you're having uh, sexual issues in your relationship or with yourself, you know, I, I have a, 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 I'll connect you with some great experts that are on that topic. So my program has three main pillars. I call them love lessons. Love lesson number one is know, know what you want, know what you want. What is your want, you know? And that's where I cover the, the, the needs of, getting clear on what you want in a partner, but also getting clear on what kind of relationship you want to grow and evolve in and understanding the difference between wants and needs because needs are much more fundamental where wants are sometimes very superficial and one will overshadow the other and not always for the right reason. So you really need to be clear on that. Love lesson number two is all about the self, who you are, where you come from, understand Understanding how you were raised and your family values and the relationship you had with your mother, your father, and their relationship together will help you understand how you show up in relationship and in all areas of relationship. Because people think I, they just show up in love in certain ways. Any behavior or limiting belief shows up in every area of your life just on a different level. So it's like, how can you rearrange and fix that and reprogram your brain? So I even like introduce people to meditation, journaling, um, all the exercise to really work on the self and also digging on feminine and masculine energy because that's a big one. You know, I was a woman that was so into my masculine energy so much. I was disconnected from my feminine energy and that was one of my major problems attracting a man as well. Because What, what did that look like, by the way? So in, in real terms, what was that manifesting as? I was one of the boys. I always was like the cool chick. So the guys didn't want to have me as the girlfriend. They just wanted me to, you know, be the one to hang around with, with and tell all their dirty stories and ask advice with the girls. So I was never the chosen one. I was always like the one invited to kind of be the wing girl and stuff. So that's how it would show up for me. I was the op opposite, by the way, exact, exactly the same, but the opposite way around. I was that, I was that for the girls. <laughs> exactly the same. 
<laughs> and then, you know, it's, it's uh, energetically too. I think you, when we talk about where energy men would feel that it was just mm. like, she has no room for me. Like just, you know, didn't happen. So, um, and then love lesson number three is all about the ABCs of dating. So learn to navigate how to date and change your attitude as well towards it because people go into dating with so much expectation. Amir, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you hear that all the time. It's like, you haven't even gone on the date yet and you're thinking, oh, is he the one? Could she be the one? Whatever. So you're setting up yourself for failure and disappointment and never mind the person you haven't even met yet. Mm. And then the last part is like really giving you all the tools on how to be in a relationship, you know, and talking about communication, all the pillars that I talk about that are a foundation to actually be in a relationship. So it's kind of like there are different degrees because I, I actually was having this brainstorm session with a friend of mine, you know, it was like the MBA of love. What do you need before that? You need degrees. So I'm, I'm going to be breaking down the programs and different bits and pieces because you need to, you know, graduate from this degree to understand this and i would say that the the pillar that's the hardest is definitely the love lesson number two because you go digging so much right there's so much work to be done inner work uh to really because when i talk about humility and being able to not admit that you're wrong or say okay just just be able to it's not for the right reasons it's like, how, how, how am I showing up for my relationship? It's not about what's happening with me is you need to have done this kind of work, the awareness, develop the awareness to, to do that. That's what I do. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds incredible. It sounds amazing. And I think that, uh, a lot of people are going to be hugely benefiting from that, which is, uh, and I love it. And, and I love the MBA as well. That's just a, that's yeah, a, a that's real, like, real cool icing on the cake there. Love it. It's, a, it's I can't even take the credit. It's a client of mine that actually said that once when she went through the program. I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. It's mind blowing. Can I ask you a question? Oh yeah, of course. Oh, please, oh, please yeah. come on. It's a question about me, of course, always far away. So as we were talking about being in a relationship, so what do you feel? that is your, your key success in your marriage that you guys have put into practice that uh, is, is, is keeping you six years in and, and still running. I, I can't tell this story enough. I love it. <laughs> uh, actually, so a couple of things about when my wife and I first met, because I use these examples a lot. So, so when, when my wife and I met, she knew I was a dating coach. Um, what was interesting though she was she herself was reading a few books to get herself ready uh, of which one of them was the rules um but it, it's interesting she like you know i think she did this more uncon unconsciously than she realized like um on um i think it was our third date where i i was still dating other women at the time and just in that conversation i was just being my usual self you know uh, you know, with all my verbal bravado and, you know, you know, you know, talking highly of myself in, in the playful way that I usually do. Uh, and and she kind of just looked away and sort of just went, you know, she kind of hinted towards the ears. And I was like, well, what's that? She goes, sorry, these are broken. You're going to have to show me that you mean what you say. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. I like that. And, and, uh, yeah and and you know like I, I tell women this story and they're like really and I was like yeah uh, and you know you like that I was like yeah because for me subconsciously what it, what it felt like is that she knew her self-worth 
there was no way I was going to be able to spew bollocks with her and she would fall for it. Um, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're guys. We're always going to say some shit that, you know, to impress a woman. Yeah. But I love the fact she's like, yeah, you can say whatever you want, but you're going to have to prove it, buddy. Um, and then, and then two weeks into our dating, I was still seeing a couple of other women. And she just said to me, she asked me that question outright. And what I love about that was firstly that she asked the question. She said, are you seeing anyone else? She didn't leave anything left unsaid. So she said it. Uh, and I said, yeah, I happen to be dating, you know, one or two other women. I have, I've got another date lined up, I think, for tomorrow. And she said, look, I've got no problem with that. If you want to continue and go on these dates, you're more than welcome. But I'm now out of the picture. So you've got a choice. You can either, uh, you know, I'm happy to be in this, us two together. But if you want these other dates, go for it. It's going to be without me. And I was again like, wow, here's a woman who's waited 40 years to meet the right guy. Yet she's willing to sacrifice it all not to compromise on her personal values. And I, I was like, wow, OK, this is a woman I need to take seriously. So I remember that I actually really vividly remembering going on my Tinder and whatever else and cancelling all these dates with these girls. And yeah, and saying, I'm sorry, I can't see you anymore. And um uh, and, you know, that that for me was, you know, I, I mean, I, I can't emphasize that point enough to w women out there, to any women out there, like that level of self-worth for me was on another level. She's a deeply spiritual soul as well. She's deeply religious, deeply spiritual. And it came from her, I think, her own faith as well, that, you know, God won't steer her wrong. So she just said what she wanted to say. And that was it. And, you know, I was I was quite impressed by that. I was quite blown away. Um and, yeah, and so setting your standards yeah exactly like that. men men know what they're in for right and yeah. i love what you're saying you were just like blown away like you were just okay because i say to women they, men will stick around if yeah. you stay they, they won't make the decision they know what they're in for Absolutely. so i love that 100 percent. and you know and nothing has changed since that day like you know if she if we don't get me wrong. We we've had we we do have our ups and downs. Like you know, we we don't we don't argue a lot. I, I tell you what really did challenge us. I thought lockdown was going to be a big challenge for us, but actually it wasn't. If anything, we actually became closer. Yes. But what was a big turning point for us was when we got our puppy because we we're not planning to have children. So um, when we got our puppy, you know, he was the focus of our attention, and we both had a lot of disagreements about how to train him, and you know, and a lot of our fights happened on the morning walks with the dog. Uh, and it really puts to the test. But, you know, again, we got through those tests and you know, we're even stronger now. Um, and I, I think that's what it is, that we, we don't shy away from the conversations we need to have. We do have them. Um, but we just constantly showering each other. Two things. I think we're constantly showering each other with love, um, even just when it's play or fun. Uh, and that's the second thing as well, which is the second thing. We're just constantly having fun, laughing. The most if, if there was a if there was a little pinhole camera observing us too, but they would have locked us up in a loony bin years ago. You know, they really would have. And, you know, I know that's potentially an unsafe thing to say in this politically correct area, but they would have. They would do, you know, because we just we have the most both of us have the most stupid sense of humor you could possibly imagine. But we just laugh because we don't take it seriously. And uh, and our dog as well makes us laugh because he's just the absolute character and a half. And. And uh, we and uh, to this day, I think there's not been a day gone by that I haven't said I, I don't like, you know, I love you. I, I really yeah. don't think there's been there's probably been a few handful less than less than what's on this hand. And, 
you know, always simple things, kissing each other goodnight, hugging each other goodnight. You know, those little, yeah. little things make a big difference, I think, as well. And, you know, she kicks me in my butt. If there's one night where I'm just like, oh, you know, night, honey, I'm going to watch a movie for a bit or something. She's like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> she still puts me in my place, which is great. I don't mind that at all. Um, I like your wife a lot. She sounds a lot like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's awesome. You know, she's incredible, you know. And uh, I, 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 I just, I hope from the feminine perspective that heed those lessons from her. She's an incredible example, even though she doesn't want to be a dating coach, you know, she does come to the workshops and she actually does a segment as well. But, um, um, and I, I think that from my perspective as a, as a man, I love that she stepped into her feminine role and lives yeah. up to it. And she allows me to be the man, the masculine role as well, which I think is great, you know, because then we, we are, as you mentioned, fulfilling a lot of our needs as well uh, yes. and that's so important yes and i i you, you said like two things that are other pillars that i believe about is letting each other's be each other's role you know because yeah. a lot of the times because women have become more fa uh, masculine in their energy they've demasculated men so men don't know their roles they're like you know so it's it's really important and it's in our dna especially like you can't take that away i don't care how much we've evolved and things have changed it's like at home you need to be conscious of that and the second thing that you said that i i i truly agree and i i i wouldn't be in the relationship that i'm in is is not to take yourself seriously and laugh you know even when we're arguing we'll we'll always laugh about it because mm -hmm. It's just like, it makes everything easier. It's just so, and play. And as you said, you know, it's a lot of the little things that are important that matter. It's like that kiss goodnight, that not to take it for granted and that hug and that touch. And I love it. That's that's great. Yeah, we, we hardly ever call each other by a name. We've got about a million different nicknames for each other. Uh, I, I don't even remember my wife's name, to be quite frankly. Some days I actually have to try and remember. <laughs> Because <laughs> we yeah, hardly um, use it. I'm on a, I'm on a is, phone but... call. Can you tell me the name of your wife? Um, give me a second. Let me just look it up. <laughs> um, and it's you know, and it, and we don't hold a grudge as well. You know, when we do have a fight or an argument, it's usually over pretty quickly. I think it's usually sorted within an hour or two. We don't hold yeah. on to it. Yeah, you can't because there's no room for resentment. You know, mm. if you start keeping all that stuff and putting it back into someone's face. You're, you're setting it yourself up for failure. So that's why it's like when there's an argument, get rid of it, talk it through, talk it through. If you're not ready to talk about it on the, on the moment, because you know, everybody's different. I'm like hot. So I'm like, I need time because I will say shit that you don't want to yeah. know. <laughs> so he knows and he doesn't have that fear or like, okay, why doesn't she want to talk? Because sometimes, you know, each other's, um, as I said, with the five languages of love, the way we need to give and receive others, you know, it's like honoring and respecting how the other one's needs are. Mm -hmm. And then we'll come back, talk it through. And that's it. It's like, it's gone to bed. We'll never talk about it ever again. Because if you start playing that game, oh, la, 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 la. <laughs> Paradise. And, and that's a beautiful word as well honoring each other i think that that's so yeah. important so how do you handle it when your partner needs his space or his time or you know things like that what do you like when he needs his moment um uh, and does it sometimes manifest because i'm one of these people i sometimes don't always say it but it, you know uh, my wife knows when i'm in one of my man cave moments as well because i go a bit grumpy and she's like oh, okay I, I get it don't worry is he the, is he the same 
Yeah, he's actually the same. So he's very introverted versus I'm like the extroverted. So I'll actually push him sometimes because he'll forget to be in that man cave. And I want him to do that for him. I think it's important. So I love my independence so much. I, I love being by myself. I, I fundamentally enjoy my own company. Like there's nobody's business. So and he's he's also like that on a, on a, on a different level. So I will often if he doesn't feel it or you know, has ignored it, I will actually encourage him or say, you know what, it's time for you to, to reconnect to those man's roots. And, uh, I, we don't have that issue. We're very, we're very independent of one another. Uh, we don't have that neediness, uh, amongst, uh, amongst each other. So his, his thing is he loves F1. So when there's an F1 race, it's like, I don't see him for two days. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, perfect. This is great. This is like me time. I can go and do all my stuff. And I love it because it's something that he's passionate about. And I, I love it. I thrive. I'm like, I'll push him. He's like, go, 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 go. You know? So I think that's, that shows supporting each other's needs wants and desires like it's it's not all about you yeah it's yeah. important to make sure your partner's happy definitely yeah 100 percent. so last couple of questions while we round this off as well so um i've asked a few of the other guests this as well but same question to you about um if you could bring out your own dating app what feature now knowing everything that you know now what feature would you add to it or you know or what would you base it around that's not currently out there what do you think you know is needed right now oh that's a really good question i would actually make it live video chats right away mm. right away no beating around the bush let's let's do this right away have a conversation see each other because i think that you can pick up so much in somebody's energy just talking and looking at each other um i think that that's what i would do it would probably complicate like, things, right? No, I, I agree. <laughs> I think it's... pushing, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I've got to be honest, I think my messaging is the curse of modern dating, not relationships, oh, dating, God. definitely. Yeah, Especially in the early stages, it. it just, yeah, I think um, yeah. It, it, it really can cause quite a number of problems that we don't appreciate enough. Um, and, and yes, of course, last but not least, how can people connect with you if they've loved what they've heard, which I'm sure they all have? How can they connect with you if they want to speak to you or learn more about what you do or perhaps take up one of your programs or anything like that? How can they reach out to you and connect with you? Thank you, Ayman. I appreciate that. So they can, my, my website is raiseyourlovesignal.com. My Instagram handle is my name, Chantal.Landreville. And all the details can be found on my website. I, I do a 12-week program that I will most likely be starting again up in January and I'm in the midst of just kind of like separating all the programs and offering different master classes so that's 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 what I'm brewing on in December and I'm actually in a 90-day challenge of writing the book about the actual program <laughs> so uh, I, I have a Facebook page uh, and group but it's not really really super active for the moment I'm like trying to focus on one thing at a time um, but that, that's how I can be reached and obviously people can just DM me if they want to do some one-on-one -on -one coaching or something I also offer group coaching so well, fantastic. And thank you so much for being such an awesome guest. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you as well. I love your laugh and your smile and 
you just bring such a beautiful energy to the table i love it so thank you from the bottom of my heart for being a fabulous and wonderful guest on a milestone episode episode 40 yes finally got to that number uh and so it's been a pleasure having you on for anyone watching this as well you can always watch the replay but if you want to listen to it the podcast will the audio will be up on all the podcast platforms by tomorrow so um, so I just wanted to say thank you again from the bottom of my heart for being on the Feelings by podcast. And I'm sure, no, I'm without a shadow of a doubt that we'll definitely have you on again at some point in the future as well. Oh my God. And then I'm going to have to have you on my platform because I want to hear more about your, your business. So we'll, we'll talk about that, but thank you. And thank you for doing the podcast that you do. It's great. People, you know, I, I keep saying we've never been, there's never been more access to information but at the same time, I, I'm like that. I get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I, so it's nice to have a source that can like put you in touch with all the different things. So you're like a, a connector. So thank you. Oh, thank, thank you. you. No, thank you very much as well. Stay, stay on with me while we end the podcast. But to everyone else, you've been listening to the Feel Inspired podcast. And I will see everyone on the next episode, which is going to be next Friday. So looking forward to that as well. Ciao, everyone. Uh, au revoir. Au revoir, everyone. Au revoir. <laughs> au revoir. <laughs> I, did, I did GCSE, friends, so I know a little bit. <laughs> All right. See you later. Bye. Thank you.